Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 282. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop, beep, boop, beep. Thank you, G. <laughs> that, that, was, that was so well said, honestly. Thank you. Thank it was you. touching. <laughs> that was a poem in Robotese. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, you've got a menorah lit. I do, yes. I, I just saw that. Oh, cool. <laughs> it is the third night of Hanukkah as we're recording tonight. So happy Hanukkah to all of my Jewish friends and listeners out there. Yeah, and, and Merry Christmas because that's coming around the corner. Though, when you're hearing this, we should also say Happy New Year because it's the 31st tonight. <laughs> At least when we're publishing this, it should be the 31st. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the right date. So, so yeah, it's that time of year. Things just holiday after another. Indeed. And today we're taking a nice relaxing break, taking a stroll through the forest with our robot friends. Yeah, so that's right. So today's game is a game I'm not familiar with, but boy, that looks super cool. It is Transmissions. Okay. And it's a shame you're not familiar with it. From what I've, I, I was looking at the rule books today, and it is a game about robots and nature. Correct. Which is, I find really interesting, because to me it feels like that's a, a, not necessarily specific to board games, but it's a, a relatively common topic. Well, we'll see my approach to the theme. Okay. I'm not going to okay. spoil too much. But let me give you a brief overview of how this works. So this is a rondelle-based game where there are four different robots who I'm going to lovingly call red, blue, green, and yellow. Um, mm -hmm. Because that is the name for their minis. Red, blue, green, and yellow are going to be running around the board. Each player is going to have a deck of cards, and the cards reference the different robots. So, yes, everybody is going to be sharing control of the four different robots. You're going to be moving the robots around the board and causing the robots to get electricity or different engrams, which are colored cubes, and using that engrams and electricity to be able to collect resources, such as pipes or items or ideas. Uh, and then over the course of the game, whoever can collect the most ideas, whoever can collect the most stuff is going to be awarded points by some arcane method of scoring points. Uh, and whoever has the most amount of points by the end of the game wins. So essentially keep running around the board, get cool stuff. <laughs> it sounds good. Okay. And from what I'm hearing, I think you have some opinions about some stuff that, that I that I can predict almost. <laughs> I, I have no idea what it is that you're going to predict. Yeah, I'll tell you now. I predict that you will think this game is a little light on theme. I don't know why you're predicting that. <laughs> oh, shall we talk about the theme? Let's talk about... Hey, it's got a theme. Let's talk about it. All right. Uh, yeah, it's got a theme. So, I mean, let me just read to you the theme. Based on the lovely illustrations of Matt Dixon, Transmissions brings his world mechanical friends to life. In the game, players will share robots as workers to move around a Rondell-style board, collecting engrams electricities. These are used to gather ideas to improve your use of the robots or items to score points at the end of the game. I, I mean, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the theme is it's 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 the guy's art. <laughs> what it's the theme is the guy's art. The theme is. It's lovely. There's these yeah. robots that just want to experience nature. And so they're walking around just doing stuff at absolute random. If you can imagine a bunch of robots that are acting like toddlers, this is robots, the toddlers game. 
because <laughs> they just want to wander around like, ooh, it's a truck. <gasps> I like trucks. And then run around the board. <gasps> I like cubes. I'm just sort of liking stuff. Like, what are they and why or how? Like, if I'm doing some other game, like, I can justify, like, the victory points of the person with the most reputation or the person with the most money mm-hmm. or the person with the most skills. But like, I'm, I don't know what need you had here, what the engrams are, why they needed to like go here to get this, to do <laughs> this thing. Like almost barely you'd be like, well, electricity is electricity. Almost everything needs electricity to do things. Right. So you need electricity. That makes, that makes sense. That's a resource you need. Mm-hmm. But like, what do the, cubes represent and what do the ideas what do the pi- like why are they wanting pipes is it just so the best idea i can have of this is just they're sort of wanting to like just play around the world but in all reality the mechanics are the king of this game not the theme okay yeah i mean a red flag is when the the thematic description tells you that the goal is to get victory points yeah <laughs> that's that's yeah. So yeah. I looked at the word engram because I don't know what an engram is. And here's the dis- here's the definition according to, uh, I don't know, somebody. An engram refers to the enduring offline physical and or chemical changes that were elicited by learning and underlie the newly formed memory associations. Sure. So basically, <laughs> toddlers, they, they just want to have new memories and ideas. And yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it seems like what it is. It's just robots that want to experience nature. And so you're experiencing it with them. The game is kind of abstract. Yeah, it sounds like it, but it sounds cute. But all of that set aside, it is lovely. (laughs) If you had to find, if there was something justifying the theme being weird, it's this art and these characters and these dynamics, because I mean, toddlers are cute and these robot toddlers are cute. (laughs) They really are really (laughs) cute. They are. Yeah. You have these four robot minis, and I'm moving on to components. But you have these four robot minis that are going to be on board, and they're sizable minis. They're well rendered. They're very nice, and they're big and chunky. And the board is a playful field that the robots are going to be going around with distinct areas, with distinct spaces on the rondelle. Um, there are tokens. So the engrams, they're cubes, but they're plastic cubes with. Uh, embedded like icons in the cubes to help with any colorblind issues that happen because you can see the icons as well. But even so, they're pretty, they're big, chunky cubes with those icons embedded. The electricity tokens, these plastic ele- lightning bolts. The card art is all art by this one guy. And all the card art, so it's each person has the same deck, but there's four different. Uh, card backs one for every player and the card backs are all really nice the card art is really nice mm. uh there are token there are tiles that go on your player boards the player boards it's one slot for each robot and those are dual layer boards so that it prevents a lot of the jostling because it's a dual layer board and then there are the pipes which there are pipe fittings so imagine tiles with little like outcroppings or notches to put them in. And there's thick notches and thin notches and thick outcroppings and thick, thin outcroppings. And you have to get tiles that will slot together. And so these are thick pieces of cardboard tokens that all slot together. And the components are lovely. Uh, 
They are so <laughs> nice. And I mean, yeah, fine. The theme is kind of weird, but it's so wonderful to play with. You're just sort of hanging out. It reminds me of Morels, which is mm-hmm. another kind of weird themed game. Yep, game about mushrooms. Mushroom it's a game about mushrooms. So you're walking along the path and collecting mushrooms. And so your whole goal is to collect the best mushrooms and have the most mushroom points. Like you're at the very least, they're like you're the best at collecting mushrooms or something along those lines. Because there you have ownership of an individual thing. You. Here, there isn't that ownership of an individual thing. So yeah, I think the components are just lovely and just help pull you into the the forest through the eyes of the robot toddlers. And I, I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I might have feelings about the theme, but yes. Sometimes you get a game with a, with a really bad theme, and it's a little bit disappointing because the theme is just, it doesn't work. It's too pasted on. Sounds like this case, the theme is pasted on, and you're able to forgive it because the artwork is so nice. And also, frankly, because the gameplay mechanics, which I haven't even got to. Uh, okay. Okay, well, so- maybe we should get to them. Let me talk about the gameplay mechanics. Oh, first, the rules. The rules are very good. The rules definitely help you understand things, with the exception of the solo bits. I will get back to that when I discuss the solo bits. Okay. Let me talk uh, about gameplay. Actually, before you do a quick question. Now, is there a difference between a Kickstarter version and a regular version? Do you know don't if the minis so. are available? Okay. The minis come with. I, f- I, I don't know if there's a difference between them. I think that the only difference may be the board, but I think there's no difference. Okay. Okay. That's something to find out then. Oh, um, right. oh no, the, there is a difference in the Kickstarter. So what it is is there's different there's tiles for the ideas and the items. So the Kickstarter have an extra set of items and ideas that came with their sets, um, and these are still available for purchase. So you can get those extra sets. So it's like four. It's like eight different pieces of cardboard okay. to add them on for a little bit of variability. But otherwise, all the rest of the the, the best components are all still the same. Nice. Okay. So talking about gameplay. So the idea with this one is there's a rondelle where you go around the board. And again, you are controlling, all of you are controlling the same four robots. And so it's a shared rondelle and shared things going around the board. What will happen is you'll have a hand of three cards. So you'll play a card. It will go to the bottom of your deck and then you'll draw another one from the, from the deck. So you'll constantly be resorting your deck. You'll never ever shuffle. Uh, but you'll be constantly resorting your deck, but also have a hand of three cards. You have options for what to play. Each card will either have a robot pictured on it, or it will have some locations pictured on it. So there are seven locations around the board. Um, and there are four robots. The different robots go at different speeds around the board. So for example, if you played a red card by default, the red guy can go four spaces around the board and, with red cards, there's a little reminder on the card to remind you of that. So you play a red card and you can move the red guy up to four spaces around the board. So he can reach like half of the board right fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you played on the other hand, yellow card, he can only move two. So you have to move him a bit slower. But the reason why you may want to move yellow or red is because red has less spaces for bonus ideas ideas if you get them can be slotted into a specific robot on your player board so when you move that robot they can activate their ideas like you can spend energy to get extra tokens or extra engrams uh, or just get extra energy or swap cards or teleport or move a bit faster all sorts of different ideas that they can get and slot into their board 
to help take advantage. So even though yellow may move slower, he has spaces for more ideas so you can load him up so that every time you use him, he does like six different other things mm-hmm. and you just load up with all the stuff when you use him, but then you can go spend it with someone else. Are the ideas permanent once you have them or could you replace they them? They are permanent for good or ill because they fill up slots. If you're full of ideas, you can't get items. Ideas okay. are used to give you... Um, benefits for moving a character items fill the same slots but they're used for end game points that's so interesting so so in a multiplayer game everybody's controlling all the same robots so Correct. i could fill up my red robot with ideas that give me a certain benefit and somebody else will get a different benefit from their red robot correct so which means that they'll sometimes move the red robot to places they know you don't want the red robot just, <laughs> just so you can't take advantage of it and because it helps them maybe even yeah, and because it helps them. But yes, they will definitely move stuff around just to block you. That is interesting. Uh, uh, thema- is... So thematically, that is interesting. Even the theme space it on, the idea that each player controls the same robot, but a different uh-huh. aspect of it is cool. Uh-huh. So there are different spaces on the board. Two, and so there's seven of them. Two of them are used for collecting engrams. One of the spaces... And so each one, each space has two actual slots in it. So the robots can land on one of two to get the benefit of it. But one of the spaces lets you get yellow and green engrams. One of them lets you get blue and white engrams. One of the spaces lets you trade in engrams and energy for uh, items. And so again, items fill two slots each. Most of the items want to be in pairs. So for example, you want the two trucks. Because once you get two trucks, each one's worth, for example, eight points. Uh, so it's a total of 16. But if you only get one of them, it's only worth one. So mm-hmm. sometimes the pairs are more extreme. Like it, if you get both of them, they're each worth four. But if you only have one, so one's only worth three. So there's some risk to getting the sets. Or you can try and hunt for sets that are easier to get or not not as risky. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um Right, the next space you can get is the same kind of thing where you can buy ideas. Ideas normally cost energy, uh, and then if it's a brand new idea, so some of them cost a couple engrams, but generally if they cost energy to get those ideas. There's a space that lets you just get straight up energy. Uh, there's another space that lets you get these forest cards. Forest cards are these bonus cards that you can get that give you one-time special abilities. So unlike the ideas that fill slots, forest cards give you a one-time bonus, but doesn't fill any slots. Sometimes that bonus is just extra cubes or extra energy or swap with someone else or even take another turn. And sometimes it's just bonus points at the end of the game. Um, and then the last space on the board is the pipes area. So the pipes, I mentioned before, that those cost different types of engrams, um, and they can be worth a whole bunch of points. Everyone starts with a basic pipe to start off with, which has two big slots and two small slots, and you want to start building away from that. So different pipes can be worth like eight points or five points or seven points, whatever it is, and it's worth that amount of points if you can slot it in. If you buy a pipe you can't use, you unfortunately have to flip it over to the backside, and then it's worth only four. At the end of the game, you'll also get bonus points for how long a run of pipes you can make, or a flow of pipes. But I just call it a run because that makes more sense. Um, but for each pipe in your in your flow, your run, your set of pipes that you do, it's worth that number. So like your first one's worth one, your second is worth two, your third is worth three, and so on and so forth. 
up to five, and then after that, they're each worth five. Um, a little bit of complicated math. I kind of wish that was like depicted somewhere better. It kind of is mm-hmm. referenced on like the tabulation sheet, but that's that is the only point that requires like a little bit of explanation. Everything else is pretty clear once you start looking at the board. The last type of thing is that the pipes, the items, and the ideas will all have birds and butterflies on them. And just at random on pieces of art, it may have a bird and it may have a butterfly. You'll get some bonus points for the number of birds you have times the number of butterflies. So if you have one of each, you get one point. If you have two of one and one of the other, that's two times one, that's two points. If you have six of each, well, then that's like 36 points. That's a whole bunch of points. Mm-hmm. So collecting those birds and butterflies can multiply to each other and get to be a whole lot of points. You'll keep going around until essentially one of the different type of things runs out. Either there's no more pipes in the stack, you can't refill the items, you can't refill the ideas, or someone runs out of slots to fill on their player board, on all of their player board. Um, And by the way, each robot has a set of slots. If you fill all of a robot's slots, you get bonus points for that. But if any of those things run out, um, that player is done with the game and then everyone else gets one more turn. So you want to be careful when you trigger because everyone else is going to get one more opportunity to try and beat you. So trigger it when you think you're winning Um, or if you have no other choice. (laughs) Uh, So after that, everyone will go through. And I think it basically summarized all the scoring opportunities. You'll go through and you'll see who has the most points and whoever has the most points will win. Um, And you've already really just for me explaining to you keyed into what I find most interesting about that is the idea of a shared rondelle. This reminds me of some mm-hmm. other games that have like the main resource being something shared. Like we've seen games with like shared decks or shared movers or things like this. So much of this game is shared. People will sit down that I played it with. People will sit down and be like, all right, which one am I? I'm like, you're none of them and all of them. Like we all share. <laughs> and they're like, Whoa. And that sort of that, that moment of you're like, we all are doing, all of them it's so cool that mm-hmm. you there is so little personal stuff you have you have your resources but the fact that those robots will move around you'll think in your head like okay i'm gonna move the red one and then the blue one's gonna be set up and i can do blue and then yellow and you like think that <laughs> then another player that. takes your turn and like oh no this is totally not working like you don't have it and i say that and I'm almost implying that you have no ability to plan. And that's just not true because you you have the ability to move things around. And especially because some of them have locations instead of robots, the cards with locations let you use any robot in those locations. So those can be very versatile cards mm-hmm. as opposed to the ones that are tied just to robots. So you have a lot of stuff you can do on your turn to achieve your goals. You just sometimes have to be kind of broad with what your goals want to be as you're moving through it, because more than likely someone else is going to move that red one, especially if you've like stacked all of your ideas that whenever you collect items, you get a whole bunch of other stuff. Like nobody's going to let you collect items with that robot. They'll keep moving mm-hmm. it away. So pretty much. Yeah. The, the shared nature of the central part of the rondelle is it's so refreshing and new and fun that I, I love the mechanics of the game tied with the fact that the look of the game is so gorgeous that it's really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That's very. Let me let me jump back and ask you a question. I don't know if you mentioned or not, but when you're gathering the resources and the pipes and all that, are these things are being they are they being drawn blind from a deck, or do you see what's coming up? So with the pipes, there are four stacks that are face up. Okay. Um, you can pick from any one of the face up ones, and then when one of those stacks run empty, then that's it. So you can pick from one of four yeah. of them, but your options may be limited to just those four. And then someone else may come in and swoop one or the other. And the other with things are items. Just little- with mm-hmm. items and ideas, it's a river. So if you pick one, everything will flow on down. The yeah. oldest one is going to be the cheapest. And the newest one is going to be the most expensive. Okay. So you see what's coming in, in, in both cases. So, so yes, there's a lot of strategy and planning and thinking in this game. It's not just luck and random. Correct. You can see what's coming. And you can also snipe stuff from other people. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And I don't think... Without playing with some bonus cards, <laughs> I don't think that there is a necessarily one route to the other that has a stronger strategy. Like if you want to go with ideas versus items versus right. pipes. I think if you let someone trigger a whole bunch of ideas from one robot, you want to rush the game and stop letting them do that or keep moving the robot around. So like you want okay. to be aware of that one type. Yep. But I well, don't think that about anyone's strategy the game. is stronger than the other. Talking about rushing the game, you only have a few more minutes. So let's talk about the solo play. Uh, Yes, let's talk about the solo play. So the way it works with solo is there is one guy, Harvey, who is an AI-ish. And what happens, in order to set up for solo, you'll set up for three players, and you'll take Harvey's... So you'll take... um, In order... Well, in order to play, you'll set up first for three players. And then you'll shuffle together the other three decks. So you'll have one deck and he'll have three other decks that are all shuffled together. And his draw pile, he'll flip one over and he'll just move robots around doing whatever he can as he's running around. And the way he works is he's rather than really trying to take resources so much he'll at random take the consumables so pipes uh forest cards items and ideas he'll remove but for resources like engrams and energy instead he'll put them onto the board and the reason is is that items uh, excuse me engrams and energy on the board actually count against you at the end of the game yeah. And the reason is, is because when you're collecting engrams and energy, you can only collect from the board. When you're turning them in, you can choose if you want to turn them into the board or remove them from the game. So it sets up a whole nother push and pull about Hmm. if I don't turn these back into the board, I can't get more engrams because there's not going to be more left. But on the other hand, if I turn them in, and then don't get rid of them by the end of the game, I'm going to lose two, four, however many points for whichever thing it is that you're using. I'm going to lose points. I need them, but I don't want them. (laughs) And it adds up a whole nother push and pull level. So at the same time, you've got the random guy like suddenly flipping, hey, your red's going to come over. So it doesn't have an intelligent, controlled Mm -hmm. dude who's blocking you, but instead it adds another level of puzzle to try and figure out, well, do I want 
to take these things off the board or do I not? And that is a delicious puzzle. It is somewhat significantly unlike the main game. The rest of the stuff you do is already very similar. So it doesn't take that much to do. I do Mm -hmm. wish it was explained better, like the core difference, because it tells you a bunch of how you set up and where your resources are. But by splitting up the scoring from the setup, I think that it missed. It would have been better to explain, here's what's different about Solo. Stuff is out, but it's going to count against you in the game, sort of like I've done to make that tie. Instead, it just explains how to play solo and then you'll realize until like if you have to read the very last paragraph like oh yeah that's why it's been difficult that's Mm -hmm. why i did just throw all the stuff on the board so like tell you that i'm the kind of person that will read half the rules and say okay i'll read the scoring at the end of the game yeah and i'm just gonna start playing now yeah (laughs) i've done that so many times and halfway through realize that I have completely hosed myself on turn two for the rest of the game because I because I Absolutely. totally ignored the rules. You have to, you have to read the whole rule book for the solo, and you really mm-hmm. have to read it meticulously because yeah, I did the same thing. It said solo scoring, so I was like, I'm gonna play, but I don't realize what the issue is. So I played like a round or two with Harvey, and then like, all right, let me read the solo scoring before I get too much deeper into this. <laughs> ah, there it is. Oops, and so in yeah. the scoring, it also has a way of making the solo easier or harder by removing some of the location cards because the locations are even more varied when you're playing with a solo when you do a location everyone at those locations moves instead of just normally if the regular player move just one so that's like three moves all in a row that he can do so if you remove those you're essentially cutting out stuff he can do so all of that yeah, that okay. works very well to make it easier yeah there's not a way of making it harder that i've found but it's okay if you you know beat your high score, I guess. Yeah, I like that. So the, the multiplayer game has that push and pull of everybody's controlling the same robot and you're kind of fighting for what's going to happen somewhat. And then the solo mm-hmm. game has a different kind of push and pull, but it does have a push and pull. So it sounds it, like they feel different when you're playing. And it still somewhat. has the same push and pull because he'll still move your robots. Uh, that's true. And if he flips over some locations, he'll move like all your oh, robots yep. and totally interrupt your plans. Then all the it just robots doesn't feel... Yeah, it just doesn't feel as targeted because, you know, it's a dumb set of cards. Yep. It's, it's it's a box of rocks. Like, it can't be targeted. It can't be intelligent. It can't block you. But it still has a lot of that push and pull about stuff moving around. But at that point in time, it's just a Rondell game with a random with a random die roll. Like, it's no different than, I, I can name a whole bunch of different Rondell games, where just, you know, the, the randomization is the randomization. It's it becomes a puzzle about that push and pull and interacting with the randomness as well. So do you, do you prefer solo or multiplayer or do you like just like them both different or what? Oh, do I prefer? <laughs> Sounds like you like them both different. I I like them both different. Yeah, I think uh, I think I prefer multiplayer. I think that in terms of for solo games. I'd probably want a solo game that more closely imitates or is more closely designed for solo because you had to throw in another mechanic to make the solo good as opposed to using all of the core mechanics. But it's a really good implementation. It's really mm-hmm. enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So either I'm, it's really close between the multiplayer or both different. Interesting. Okay. This game reminds me of at the gates of Lo Yang and how the, they they had that one multiplayer mechanism that they said doesn't really work solo, so they they threw it out in a way 
and came up with something totally different just for solo that worked great solo. And Could this kind of does something like that too, I think, which is really cool. I like when they do that. I like, yeah. I like when the games, the solo games aren't the same as the multiplayer games, but are, are still really interesting in their own way. I, I want them to be very them. close. This one's pretty close. Okay, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's still feel, it has the same feeling, which is probably why I'm very close to saying they're the same, but different. Okay. It feels fun. It, uh, it feels close. It feels that push and pull. I think you said it well. There's a push and pull, just a slightly different push and pull. Okay. But I definitely want to emphasize that I really like it. <laughs> you, yeah, I could tell you like the game. I could tell you're excited by it. I think it's hilarious about the theme being so paced on, but it's and just so about abstract. the artwork, but it works. It really works, it sounds like. It feels like toddler robots. <laughs> I mean, if, if I could tell you that's the theme is toddler robots, it is. The theme is toddler robots. <laughs> toddler. Now, are they called toddler robots or is that just how you're describing it? I mean, they're not called toddler robots, but they sort of but appreciate life in the same way. They're like, yep. they literally are walking up to a butterfly. Like, Ooh, butterfly. <laughs> like, look at the cover. It's sitting there with like a butterfly on his finger. Ooh, butterfly. Mm-hmm. It feels like That's toddler so robots. So the theme is just toddler robots with about as much sense as toddlers. <laughs> no insult to any of our toddler listeners. Or robot listeners. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm not insulting robots. I'm just insulting toddler robots. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. I'm sure these have mommy robots somewhere. Yeah. You parent robots should be listening anyway and, and supervising, really. <laughs> Well, Julius, I know you had to leave early, so is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, I think that's about it. All right. Should we power down the show then? <laughs> Sounds perfect. I planned for that one. <laughs> Nicely Thank you, done, everyone. Albert. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> all Good right. night, all. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.